You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBT plus adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. You can find us at www.newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor and this week we're going to be talking to Jay and Tom, whose adopted son Harry is two years old, about deciding to adopt and how they tackled those early questions. Hi both of you, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Hello, oh, right? very good, thanks. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so taking you right back to the start, you've obviously got your child now, but taking you back to the very beginning, I was really interested in how you first made that decision to adopt, whose idea it was, all of that. I always knew I wanted children. And when I um, met Tom, I think it was in the first week or something like that of us actually meeting. It was one of those kind of conversations because I mm-hmm. knew somewhere down the line, if there was going to be a serious relationship that I wanted a family. Um, And that was something he wanted too. And obviously here we are nine years later. (laughs) Um, Long years. (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) Um, But yes, I mean, uh, it it was always something that was in the back of our minds to, to want to have. And I suppose we wanted to get to a stage in our lives that we were ready, as in stable, got um stability uh, good jobs etc yeah I can understand that but it sounds like you were both you both knew you wanted children very early on was that the same for you Tom yeah I mean when I was a lot younger the thought of having children was just not on my mind at all but as I was going into sort of my you know mid to late 20s started to think about it would be nice to settle down and have a family and then finally met Jay and then it kind of all kind of started to to fall into place from there. That's really, really nice that you're both, you know, in that zone. Was adoption the only route to parenthood that you thought about? Or did you toy with any of the other ways that you could have become parents? Yeah, we we spent a bit of research in looking into the different ways, surrogacy being one of them. But we both felt that we could love somebody who isn't from our own genes necessarily. And also the, the thought of going through the surrogacy route and it sort of not working out um biologically would be uh, would be quite quite difficult to go through yeah, i was just going to quickly say though i can remember at the beginning stages of tom and i talking about it and the surrogacy and everything in my own life someone very close in the family they were going through something which they um had my well, i'll just say as had my brother not been such a really good father they would have gone into the system because of situations with their uh, birth mum And with all of that happening, it kind of really, really opened our eyes because, because, you know, you don't know until, until you really go down this path and find out the stories and everything like that, people just aren't aware of, people just don't, that's something I've also found with talking to people. They've got this weird kind of idea, which I think they get from TV and films and stuff, how adoption is. I think a lot of people still think Annie is a thing. Yes. You know, very much. <laughs> um, and you could just go and, and choose a child and blah, blah, blah. Yes. But, <laughs> but um, no, it, it was something that happened in close to home that really just cemented, no, we definitely want to adopt. That was just something I just wanted to do. Yeah, I can understand that actually. I think that um, people want the fairy tale, don't they? That there was a very, very sad child and you went and saved the child and now the child is 100% completely fine and happy. And I think that's the fairy tale that um, 
I guess the general public is fed a lot. Um, and so when things are a bit different to that, when it's more complex and more private and more difficult, I think people perhaps aren't ready to hear that always. Is that what you feel, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think you're right. There's not much exposure on how adoption actually is in the, the current day. And so a lot of people have these preconceived conceptions from whatever they're used to from other other films and TV shows that they, they watch. Um, I think that would have been something that would have been really useful for us is if there was some more, um, there's books out there um, yes. about adoption and the process of adoption. Um, but there's, there's not much more than that. There's not, there's like no TV series, documentaries or anything like that because of safeguarding issues. There's, there's nothing out there um, for that. And it's only through speaking to people who've gone through it or listening to something like this where you actually really start to get an understanding of, of what it's really like. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's really hard to find that initial information. And I think it's sometimes easier to find horror stories than it is to find perhaps a broader representation of stories. Yeah, so it definitely. sounds like you were both really clear that you wanted to adopt and that you'd made that decision. But tell me about that first phone call to the agency. How was that and who did it? Okay, so that was me. Um, and I can remember uh, before I'd even actually spoken to Tom like fully because we, we always knew we were wanting to uh, adopt and everything. Um, but I can remember doing all the research and I spent days and days and days. And it was um, it, there was about three that I was like toying with but thankfully there was um um my brother knew of another um adoptive family that they that we could talk to um and they then kind of uh recommended the agency that we went with and uh so that's what i i then researched into them and then i did the whole uh it was an email i, I believe i did first because you had to kind of fill in a form and even that, it was, it was, that was nerve wracking because you're starting a ball rolling that, you know, it's like, and it's so, the journey, even from then, is, is, is a roller coaster. I mean, you hear that all the time. But you, I mean, it's that you've got to be patient. That's one thing that I think we both learned for this whole thing. Um, but oh gosh, it was, um, it was it was quite fast, wasn't it, Tom? That we our social worker came and came down and met us, wasn't it? Yeah, I think once you once you filled in the form, it was pretty quick. As soon after you, you had a phone call, didn't you? Like an initial phone vetting right. process, and then yeah. then they arranged for um, our social worker to come and meet us at, at our house. But when even filling out that form, like that few days until they got back to you, kind of feel, oh, are we? are we allowed to adopt? Are we, oh, yeah. you know, are we in the right position? Are we, you know, and it, it kind of like dawned on us that there's never a right time to do it. It's kind of, if it kind of felt sort of right to us there and then we wanted to do it. Um, and we could have just carried on putting it off and saying, oh, now's not the right time. Let's wait until kind of, I've been in my job for a bit longer or we've got our extension built and we could have just come up with a, well, I could have come up with an endless list of reasons why not to do it then <laughs> if it wasn't for Jay to kind of uh, just fill in that form and, and, and start the ball rolling. I think sometimes one person does drive it forward more, don't they? Yeah. I read a quote before we started and it said the right time is never and now. Yeah. And we thought, well, okay, we'll do it now, but we still actually tossed a coin before we did it for shall we or shan't we? You know? <laughs> so it's a good job. It fell the right way up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So you'd made that phone call and you were sort of in touch with the agency and, you know, in touch with the social worker and things. Um, were you worried about being a same-sex couple? Was that in your minds at all? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, for me. I, uh, I remember I remember um, just that first day when our social worker came, we were just so nervous. I, I've never seen Jay scrub, like, parts of the kitchen that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> I was actually really annoyed she didn't run her finger across the uh, skirting boards that I'd really scrubbed. <laughs> like, in fact, she didn't even look around that much. And I was like, just just open the cupboards. They've been organised. They're, they're great. You know, um, That's one thing. Look at that, my spices you know, just, in alphabetical order. <laughs> it, it really was that bad. Because <laughs> you, you, you feel you have to be this perfect family, this perfect couple. Um, and it's it's bizarre because and that's one thing I think I just really need to shout out there that you really do not need to go scrubbing skirting boards or anything so drastic um, because at the end of the day everyone every family's different and this is something like that it's a strange thing because I've, I've spoken to people um, since who are like just at the beginning stages and even with people telling you, oh, don't you don't need to scrub your house. You don't need to do this. Obviously, tidy your house. There's no, you know, you don't want to walk into a pigsty or anything. <laughs> but um, there's no telling people. I mean, I think everyone, I mean, probably yourself as well. You, you probably, everyone feels that they have to put this weird uh part of their lives as if it's like a show home you know yeah completely I mean we absolutely did that this house has never ever been as clean as it mm. was when we were being assessed and <laughs> one of our friends had said to us she said um be ready because at some point they'll arrive 15 minutes early said, <laughs> really and so we recalibrated zero on these appointments to 15 minutes before <laughs> and I don't know if it was coincidence but on one occasion she did arrive early we were yeah. like oh welcome we're completely ready for you so <laughs> <laughs> so so the assessment process what what sort of things were you asked after speaking to some other people who've gone through the assessment process we've learned that ours wasn't probably the most typical <laughs> assessment process no. uh, that that people experience the way the way our one worked is um our social worker would come sort of 10 o'clock in the morning and spend pretty much the whole day with us in in our living room and she would then set us homework to do where we would be asked like a set of questions about um, uh, what was one of the questions, Jay, that we were asked? And we had to write up like, oh, um, pages and pages. Basically, our entire childhood, anything that we've been through that could kind of add to anything. She, she, she called um, when we presented her with our work, she said that we basically she had a panoramic what did she call it? A Blu-ray version of of our <laughs> lives. Um, and then what annoyed us was the fact that she just skimmed through a few things that we'd spent hours and hours doing and then sit there and ask us the same question anyway. Mm. It was really yeah. like... Was there anything that you were worried to tell your social worker or that you thought might go against you that didn't or that did? You know, was there anything kind of... I think sometimes we approach adoption thinking... I'm never going to be approved and it's for this reason or that reason. I, I just wonder if you had, you, without having to say what they are, but whether there were things that you felt, oh, this is going to be hard to talk about or they're not going to like this very much. Or Basically, I was really worried that um, the fact that in my past I'd gone through depression and had been on antidepre mm -hmm. uh, antidepressants and stuff. And 
that whole thing I thought was going to be like something that was going to hinder because, well, it was just always there to hinder. But then you realize that sometimes things that you've gone through are actually positives to kind of reflect on. For example, um, the fact that I've been through depression and stuff like that, I know the signs now, um, I, I've, I've come through it, I'm stronger now because of it. That That's something that I, I'm, you need to start thinking of turning the positive on something that you've been through. But it took a while for me to learn that and that, that whole process kind of helped that as well. well There's one thing from my, my side, like um, a member of my really close immediate family had uh, a criminal conviction um, that we were really worried would, would cause a problem. Um, I don't know why, but we just felt like it might go against us. Um, it, was, it was nothing to do with me, but it was like my immediate family. And so kind of the earliest opportunity that a question was raised around that sort of thing, I mentioned it. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about it, but there was no, it was never really an issue at all. Yeah, I can understand that feeling because I think um, my partner and I approached it in the same way, thinking, well, these are the things that will definitely go against us. And with hindsight, I know now that with a good social worker and a good agency, those things actually were our evidence of being able to cope with difficulty and being a strong couple and being able to seek help, advocate for ourselves, all of that. But at the time, I just thought, okay, these are the three reasons why we're going to be rejected then. Mm. I felt like I knew it. And I I, I wish I'd known more because I, I think beyond that, we felt that we had to be perfect. It was like we'd had our three chances with those three things. So after that, um, I think it was harder to be very open and honest about other stuff, you know, so we addressed other stuff, but we always tried to put a positive spin on it. And I think we could have been a bit more honest had we understood that some of what I thought were negatives actually just demonstrated our strength, you know? Absolutely. So you went through um, that process and then I guess you went to panel. How do you want to say what panel is and how that uh, was for you, Jay? For, for us, we had a few um, setbacks. And, it, you know, that was purely because um, our social worker didn't get uh, paperwork in on time. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So uh, it's as I, uh, I, I know I'm probably going to repeat myself for saying it, it's a roller coaster. And it <laughs> really is a roller coaster of emotions, of so many emotions. Um, just to kind of add as well, I mean, it's nothing to be scared of. It's, it does. I mean, I can honestly say the process brought um, Tom and I together so much more. I learned stuff about him, so I know I'm going. On, I'm going on a tangent. That's something I do. <laughs> I'll come back to the question. I promise. <laughs> but um, it did. It really did bring us closer together because I learned stuff about um, him that I never knew, and little things that maybe like with every couple, you've always got things that annoy you <laughs> about each other, but you want. Oh, I don't know oh, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the list isn't <laughs> that long. But... Uh... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> <Send it to me. laughs> but, but at the same time, you realise that going through the process um, and hearing how each other grew up and stuff and moulded the people that we are, um, it, you, you kind of have a more of an understanding. It's so, that, so that's just something else to kind of add is it does bring you... Well, it, for us, it brought us a lot closer together. Um, and then the roller coaster, as I said, of emotions, the, the waiting, the, the worry, the uh, thinking that next 
in the next few months you're going to have a little one in the house which obviously all these things are constantly going around in your head uh and then you get to panel <laughs> and uh as you can probably tell by the way i talk when i get nervous <laughs> i ramble a lot <laughs> oh, that day I rambled. I don't even know what I was saying. I mean, uh, Tom could tell you. He had to keep on just going, uh, okay, so blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> I just, <laughs> didn't I, Tom? I just said the most stupid things that... Uh, I, I don't, they, weren't, they weren't stupid. It was just somebody would ask a question like Tori's now and you yeah. would answer it. You would go off and you would answer your own question. <laughs> I know, I know. That's exactly, it was a weird thing that I do. I, I tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, they had to reel me back a few times. And that was just because I was so, so, so nervous that day. It's a strange thing though, isn't it? Going into that room with, you know, I, I don't know how many you had. I guess we had probably, I don't know, maybe yeah, 12, something 12. like that. It felt big. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? And you go into it and it's just, it's like a job interview, but it's its about whether you personally meet the standard of being right to parent. And for me and my partner, we already were parenting. So, they, you know, if they'd said no, we'd have thought, oh, okay, what about the kids we've already got? But um, it just, it's such a strange yeah. thing. How did you find uh, it? It was, it was really strange. So we, we went in a room um, and we were sat at tables at one end of the room and then in a semicircle, everybody else was sat. Uh, sort of facing us and they introduced themselves and they said hi i'm <laughs> sonia i'm blah 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 nice to meet you and the next Sorry. person would say exactly the same thing nice to meet you and you're there grinning like a like a plonker going nice to meet you too nice to meet you too and you're, you know, you just feel you're on show the whole time um i that, i started laughing didn't i that was yeah. one of the things i i, I got the giggles because of this thing that, that uh, Tom's talking about, it was so silly. It was so funny. Sorry, Tom. Carry on. But oh. yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was just you're, you're just your emotions are so heightened, and you're you're kind of really anxious. Uh, and it was over really quickly, though. We went into a, another room after they had asked us sort of a few questions. Because basically, the way panel works is they're all given the your par, which is like your profile uh, about you. Um, as a couple or as a single adopter uh, so they know everything about you which is also a weird thing because you've gone to a, into a room of complete strangers who know pretty much every detail about your life um, already they then ask you a few questions about it like stuff that they want to maybe know a bit more or which or which wasn't expanded on enough in in the path and then they send you away into another room while they talk about you uh, and then uh, then they tell you if it's a if it's a yes or a, or a no um and luckily for us it was it was a yes and how did you feel when you heard that um i think it was the first time we hugged our social worker wasn't it? <laughs> i was about to say that i i, I literally went um am i allowed to hug you <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. did it feel real though to you did it feel like that was did it, I guess I'm asking because to to me it felt a bit like, oh, thank goodness we're through that process. I'd almost forgotten the point of the process. The process had become everything. And then after that, it was like, oh, now we can do the bit we'd really want to do, which is find our child, you know? Yeah, it was it was strange. We went to, um, in the car on the way back, we went went to the shops and we were on the phone to our like family uh, to say, tell them the news. And it was just, it was only then, like for me anyway, 
that it started to feel a bit real and like, oh, what, what happens next? Like, what, what's the next stage? And so now you've got your child and, you know, you're together as a family. Can you say a little bit about what that's like? It's, uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's magical because um, as cheesy as that sounds, but I'm kind of reliving my childhood again. It's, it's like things that you can do again, like go to a park or go to a soft play as well. That's, that's awesome. But you've got things like... Um, uh, Christmas and birthdays and seeing the magic that happens in his eyes is just wonderful. Um, obviously, there is no such thing as a perfect family and some days are like, oh my goodness, if I hear Dada one more time. <laughs> but um, no, I wouldn't change it or the process or anything for the world. And to be absolutely honest with you, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people kind of do ask me like how can you I have been asked like how how does he feel like your son which is a strange question to me because he's 100% like my family and I love every single thing about him um and um yeah I mean he certainly changed he certainly turned our lives completely around um <laughs> but you know, in in a in a much good in a, in a really lovely way. Uh, I'll stop rambling and let Tom have a chat. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, for me, it seems I I feel we're really lucky because um, Harry is uh, such a great little kid. He's he's so uh, easygoing. He's got a really funny laugh. Uh, he's just so happy all the time. And we've, we've had a few rough patches recently. Um, and it's just having Harry around just actually made things easier because when things are tough, you have to be strong for your child. And it's kind of like, it's made things more easy to, to sort of get through. Because um, if you've had a bad day at work or, or anything like that, and you come home and you see, see his little face and he's uh, so happy to see you, um, it's just just such a lovely lovely thing and uh, no, i wouldn't change it for the world i mean just get used to the fact that you will never have a lay-in <laughs> like <laughs> for many many years <laughs> um, having, having said that though harry is a really good sleeper up until last night he's a really good sleeper He'd go to bed about <laughs> eight at night and then stay in bed until eight in the morning and sleep right through it's like well I, 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 actually actually daddy's a very good sleeper he sleeps <laughs> through most of it and uh, yeah so just finally i want to ask you if other people listening to this are at those really early stages the sort of shall we shan't we stage um what advice would each of you have for them jay what would you advise people to do who are at that thinking stage at the thinking stage i mean i really really would just contact the um i'll have a look around do your research contact the agencies do not feel that you have to stick with one um there are so many ones out there um we were lucky because we were recommended ours um and I, I really would say start the ball rolling because there is no right time to start any of this process. It's every you know it, it's it's something to start, and then you'll learn lots. You will um, be able to talk to other people, and really then find out if it's for you. But um, being at that very very initial stage of do I want to do this? I think well if it's there and you're thinking about it, just 
go for it. Lovely. Thank you. And Tom, what would you advise people who are at those very early stages? So I've got two pointers. Um, first one is, uh, like um, Jay said, is, is get the ball rolling because one of the early things that the agency will get you to do is is to go to a, um, a basically a talk with um, somebody who's really experienced in in um, in, a, in sort of adoptive children, um, and you'll learn so much there. You'll get to speak to other people. You'll find out about exactly what the process is like. You'll be able to ask any questions that you want to do. It's like a two day thing, I think. Yeah, preparation. Yeah, course. and. That for us was super useful. It made us feel a lot more confident. Um, and we got to make really good friends and contacts there as well. That's kind of helped us throughout the process. So they happen to be, because they're on the same agency as us, we could sort of talk to them and say, oh, how's it going with you? Um, and uh, you can sort of just make good friends there. And the other thing is, um, in our experience, we went to, and um, before we, um, after we were approved, we um, went to uh, the NFS camp um, and that was a great experience because um, we got to meet other same-sex couples who were going through the same process and that was a really good um, place to, to discover how everybody else's um, experience of the adoption process was. And I think if you're in the super early stages as well, so if you're even just thinking about it, like going to the camp and going there, that's a great place because you'll get to ask those questions in an informal environment where you can just feel a bit more comfortable asking them. And funnily enough, it was actually at the camp that we, um, we, we, yeah. we sort of got matched with, uh, with, our, with our child, which was really, really nice. Actually, it's what uh, my partner and I did was go to the New Family Social Summer Camp before we began the process, just to find out more, really. We thought, where are these adopters and foster carers? Where are they all to talk to? And it turns out they were all there. So we went and did our research there. Do you know, it's I've never, ever been somewhere that I felt so comfortable to be myself. I know that sounds absolutely crazy thing to say, but um, I can, and I, I, I've said this to Tom so many times. It's like, you go there and it's like, you don't have to pretend. Like, I, I because of us being a same-sex couple, you, you've always got that thought in the back of your mind of people judging you. And uh, um, when we walk down the street as a family and stuff, it doesn't so much bother Tom at all, but it was always at the back of my mind. In that camp, you really, really realised just how... Well, it was amazing. I'm waffling, but it was amazing. And I really, really recommend going to the camp. I can't wait to go again, to be honest. And at the very last day of um of the camp that we went to we were matched with harry which is just wonderful it was just such, it was meant to be you know oh that's really lovely that you were matched at camp that's really really nice you couldn't make it up <laughs> no indeed well guys thank you so much for taking the time to talk to you i'd like to thank our guests today jay and tom you can follow us on twitter at lgbt adopt foster and on facebook search for new family social as all one word Adoption Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social with support from Chris Jarvis at Little Radio, the children's radio station. We'll be back next week with more guests and more tea. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>